How clearly do you see? Well, this is the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. And our goal is not to talk about your need to see an optometrist, (laughs) but your need to see Jesus. And that's our topic on this episode. I'm Lynn Pryor, one of the hosts of this, and my co-host is Chris Johnson. Chris? Good to be with all of you today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We have Chad Keck with us today. Chad uh, is the writer of um, the content for our personal study guide and uh, daily daily devotional guide. Uh, Chad, thanks for writing. You were with us a couple of weeks ago, so we've gotten a chance to get to know you a little bit. Pastor at First Baptist Church, Kettering. Kettering, Ohio. Ohio. Dayton. Okay. Yeah. Glad to be here. Um, In... well, it's delightful to have you. We enjoyed our conversation with you a couple of weeks ago and glad you're with us again. Um, you tell a story in The Bible Meets Life about when you discovered you needed glasses. You want to want to recap that? Sure. And ironically, I'm not wearing them right now. But um, when I moved from in Tennessee, where I was born and raised and uh, got married, and my wife and I moved to Texas to begin a ministry at a church in Austin, uh, I had to get my driver's license changed, obviously, from a Tennessee license to a Texas license and went down to the DMV and, uh, you know, signed up for all the stuff and waited and waited and waited. And they finally called my number and I got up there and put my, you know, head on the little eye chart thing and uh, started to read out the letters. And they, they looked a little foggy on one side. Uh, and so I told the lady there, I said, I think there's something wrong with your eye reading machine. <laughs> To which she said, oh, really? And so she she pulled it around to her side and she looked through it. She goes, no, I don't, I don't think so. You want to try it again? I said, sure. So I put my head back down there and I said, no, ma'am, I really think there's something wrong with this with this right side. She goes, no, I think there's something wrong with your eyes. Uh, and sure enough, I couldn't pass the eye exam. And I uh, had to run out and get, uh, get uh, eyeglasses in order to come back and, and get a license. So, yeah, I had no idea that I, I wasn't able to see clearly out of one side of my, of my face. That so. is, that is crazy. I, uh, I remember when I first uh, realized and, and was diagnosed that I needed glasses. And uh, when I finally got them, I was like, I was shocked at how clearly I could see things. <laughs> it was just hey, amazing. You know, the human body the human body is quite amazing because your eyes really work together. And so if you have one eye that's fairly good and the other eye is not horribly bad, uh, they compensate. And so one will look farther or less far. I mean, I'm no doctor on this, but it's just amazing. That's why I had no idea until I had to isolate one eye. And when I had to isolate it, I, I realized man, I can't see very well, but together I could see just fine and could read all the numbers and letters and all of that. So it's pretty amazing how your body works together like that to to accomplish something. Well, again, our Bible study today is not going to be necessarily an optometry lesson, but we are going to talk about seeing as we, uh, in the midst of our study here on uh, my encounter with Jesus, we're looking at an encounter a blind man had in John chapter nine. So now as we look at this encounter with Jesus, and as you talk about it in your Bible study groups, I want you to keep this before you to not just think about this man's experience, but also think about your own experience with Jesus, because Jesus led me to increasingly see who he is. So let's get into John chapter nine, and we're going to begin looking at uh, uh, Jesus' encounter with this, uh, this man. As he was passing by, he, this is Jesus, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? 
Well, neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And after he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. It's a great story. Uh, it brings up a lot of issues for us. Again, we're, we're talking about people's encounters with Jesus. And um, so we're introduced to this man who... Uh, born blind, the disciples recognize it, recognize he's always been blind, and have a pretty deep question. That and it's one that's that is is still being asked and discussed. What caused this person to not be able to see? What caused this person to be blind? In their culture, they believed it was because uh, of sin. So it was either that man's sin or sin of his parents. Um, Guys, we, we again, I think we still deal with this today, don't we? That that's what people, it's almost like a first uh, uh, response or a default setting for people. If something's wrong, there must be a sin. Yeah, I think I think so. I think especially from some people who uh, don't have a good grip or a, a solid grip on 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 the nature of sin and and so forth, they immediately go that route. I think um, for those of those who are not close to God or don't aren't familiar with the scripture, I think they go straight to science and they'll say they give you the scientific reason why somebody's got something going on or the environmental reason, you know, they were exposed to this or that or the other. And so I think we're always, um, you know, kind of trying to figure out the why, why is this happening? And I think that's a part of being human is trying to ask the why question. Well, let's deal with the answer that Jesus gave. And because I, I think this is on a lot of people's minds when they read this passage. Did God cause this man to be born blind only so that he could get the glory? How do you respond when someone asks a question like that? Did God cause this man to be born blind for his own glory? Reading the passage, and there's the opportunity in groups for people to grapple with things or, and to think about things maybe that... Uh, they hadn't thought about or to process it from uh, uh, how this works out from a logical perspective. Some of the things that we that we think or say, uh, I've dealt with tragedy in my personal life and uh, those types of why questions uh, related to the death of my son um, in an automobile accident years ago. I think there's just something about us where we want answers and we want we want to know why and that there was a greater meeting and um my my perspective has always been and needs even more so that that terrible awful things happen and god can get the glory because in the midst of those horrible things um but uh and i don't think for a moment that god caused an accident to happen that would take my son's life. Um, so that that's just kind of a personal response for me, but it's, it's one that I don't, um, uh, I don't get into unless I'm forced to, because Lynn, you ask a question, <laughs> uh, on a podcast, you know, what, you know what I mean? Uh, th th those are difficult things to talk about. That's a valuable answer. I think that has value. And I mean, I look at 
Job, uh, this oldest book in the in the uh, Old Testament, and God or Job essentially kind of asks that kind of questions. Hey, God, why? And when God does respond in the latter part of the book, God never answers the question. It's just I'm God. It just kind of a sense you need to trust me because you can't fully understand everything. Uh, and uh, so, Chris, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Here was like I don't know necessarily why this is, but. I think it is an opportunity, if I let it be, it's certainly be an opportunity for God to be glorified in how I respond to what's happening in my life. Yeah, I mean, I think we can take a step back in history, even past Job, and answer it broadly with, yes, it is sin that has caused this, but it wasn't necessarily this man's individual sin or his parents, but it was certainly the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. Because that's where infirmity and that's where destruction and that's where suffering originated with uh, the sin entering into humanity. So you can trace it out a lot farther and say yes. But when you're dealing with somebody who's walking through that tragedy at the moment, and and I, I've as a pastor, I've dealt with many families and experienced personal tragedy too. But you know, I've I've buried uh, husbands and children and people in automobile accidents, older people that died of cancer and people who have been abandoned. I mean, and and they ask those questions. And I, and at, at the moment they ask those, I, I don't know that it's the time for me to start getting to a theological uh, description of all the different ways that this could be used for the glory of God. So I, I usually just begin to approach it similar to what you said, Lynn, which is, you know what, there's going to be some things that we're never going to fully understand on this side of heaven because God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And we don't know what the future holds and we don't know how God is going to work all things together for good for those who love him or called according to his purposes. But we know that he will and that he is good and that his nature is good. And so when we don't understand the why or the how we have to trust in the who, and that's just kind of how I lead people when we're walking through that is let's just remember the who we're dealing with. And we may not be able to answer the how or the why right now, but maybe in time we will get a clearer picture. I remember Joni Erickson Tata, she was paralyzed in a diving accident. Well, God has used that, her being paralyzed for some amazing uh, kingdom impact. And she's written and spoken repeatedly about how of course, he didn't wish that had happened to her. But at the same time, God has used that for his glory. She would have never imagined how or why or or what that would have looked like. But she just took one day at a time seeking him and walking with him and focusing on the the who he is. And, and that's how he's expressed his ministry through her over the years. And I think that's just important to think about. Well, that's powerful. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. It's great. That's a great illustration. Uh, in your writing, and it's not in all of our resources, but it, but uh, let me share with you your what you said, <laughs> Chad. Uh, I, you said I love FF F. Bruce's explanation that it was not the sin of the man or his parents; it was about the divine work of Jesus. And then this is what FF F. Bruce said: This does not mean that God deliberately caused the child to be born blind in order that, after many years, His glory should be displayed in the removal of the blindness. To think so. Uh, would again be an aspersion of the character of God. It does mean that God overruled the disaster of the child's blindness so that when the child grew to manhood, he might, 
by discovering his sight, see the glory of God in the face of Christ. Let me put this in the words of the blind man, put it, then put it in my own words. Just like Jesus, he said, Jesus brought glory to God by what he did for me. And I think that would be the testimony of this blind man because of what Christ has done. Jesus brought glory to God by what he did for me. Now, I want us to move on uh, to verse 32. We're skipping a, a good little section here. In our Bible studies, we typically cover uh, 8, 10, pre- typically 10 to 12 verses every Bible study because we don't have time to go in deep with every verse. But what I would like to do uh, is as we move from verse uh, 7 to verse 32, uh, can one of you guys give us the what's happening in these verses we're, we're, we're kind of flying over? Well, the the leaders of uh, of the Jews are not real thrilled about Jesus' interaction with this this man who's blind, and they're not real excited about his healing ministry. And uh, so, the next few verses there's this encounter where they're trying to figure out what happened and how it happened and why it happened. And so, they're bringing in this man and asking him questions and trying to 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 feel to, to figure this out so they know exactly what to do with this man named Jesus. And it's amazing why they're upset. Uh, it's not that the man is is was healed. It's when it was happened. It was on a Sabbath. That's just amazing. Yeah, uh, that they're 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 so focused on that they don't see the work of God in front of them. So they, don't they bring the, the parents into the conversation? Don't they go check? Yeah, get the, try to get them involved. Yes, they do. And then they come back to the blind man again, and I, I love this man's response. He says. This is in verse 32. Throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the blinds, bl- the eyes of a person born blind. Well, if this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. And here is this man who's just had this encounter with Jesus, and he's already beginning to see that God was at work here. God was working through Jesus. So their, their reaction is they throw him out. <laughs> they didn't give the answer they wanted. But it's amazing how people, they have a hard time sometimes recognizing the work of God. So let's put this in today's context. What are some obstacles that we could identify that that prevent people from recognizing God's work today? That's that's actually one of the questions that we ask for people to to engage with. Um, so I hope that it, it will create uh, some, some reaction and response. Um, so uh, you, you mentioned, Chad, earlier that uh, a lot of times people uh, will go for the, uh, the scientific um, or uh, other kind of responses like that, and, and, and that, that, can sometimes, that can sometimes work uh, to, to be helpful, but sometimes it can be an obstacle as well. Sure. I mean, we. I'm not here to downplay science. I mean, there are medical reasons why you get strep throat, and there's medical reasons why you're going to ophthalmologist today, right? To to uh, do some things. So those are all important things, and nobody's here to to downplay that. Um, but some things are not explained by science. I mean, we're talking about a miracle, right? A miracle is where God intervenes in the natural by doing the supernatural. And as we just said, you know, nobody has ever healed a man born blind. And so here Jesus shows up and does exactly what nobody's ever done before. Um, and so I think as people wrestle with, um, you know, that question, it's 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 important to, to remember that we know a man uh, named Jesus who deals in the supernatural. 
And um, he may or may not choose to heal somebody. He may or may not choose to intervene in somebody's physical situation. Um, but, you know, he's certainly capable and he's certainly able. And um, I think we just we sometimes make up all types of excuses for why he can't or he won't or it's not possible or whatever. But I think we sometimes just need to remember back to remembering the who we're dealing with, who we're talking about. Sure. And I think there's a lot of people that don't recognize God's word simply because they're not looking for it. I am, I'm in the process right now of, of sir, I'm serving as a transitional interim pastor for a church. And each Wednesday night as we gather, I always challenge him says, Hey, tell me, have you seen God at work this week? And every week I'm asking that question because I want them to see that in the ordinary things, not necessarily the miraculous things are great, but even in the ordinary uh, intersections with people in our lives, God can be at work. It's uh, as I tell the people, if you look around the room just for a moment, and I want you to see the color blue. So we look around and we all of a sudden we identify all these things that are blue, someone's shirt, the carpet, whatever it might be. And I say that blue was there all along. We just weren't necessarily looking for it. And I think if we go with an anticipation of God, I want to see where you're at work today. Kind of the the Henry Blackaby uh, statement to see where God is at work today. When we're looking for him, uh, I I think we see his hand at work. And I also think uh, we don't have a, a good understanding or we don't spend enough time thinking and reminding ourselves that what he's done before he can do again. That he is a he specializes in the miraculous, right? Um, I'm preaching through the book of Genesis right now, and we just finished chapter 18, uh, where, where the three, uh, where where God and the two angels show up at the tent of Abraham, and Sarah is laughing at the thought that she's going to have a child, and and there the scripture says, "Is anything too hard for God? Is anything impossible for God?" And I sometimes think that we don't actually think or believe that he's capable of doing something beyond what we can ask or imagine. Right. And so we don't ask and we don't uh, we don't see it because we're not ready to look for it. And we don't ask because we don't necessarily Mm. believe that he can do it. Well, as we see in this story here, Jesus opened this man's physical eyes open so he could see physically see. And that when that and through that the man saw the truth about who Jesus is. And I think that could be a prayer for all of us is for people's uh, spiritual eyes to be open to see who Jesus is. Jesus said this in verse 35, or he says here in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, thrown him out of the synagogue. And when he found him, he asked, do you believe in the son of man? Well, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He asked, Jesus answered, you have seen him. In fact, He is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshiped him. Great passage. Uh, One of the things that we've, again, uh, because the overarching theme of all of these studies is my encounter with God. So we've seen this man's encounter with God, how Jesus opened his physical eyes, and now he has opened his spiritual eyes. And so my, our hope is that uh, we'll have some conversations uh, tied to um, people talking about when did they come to understand uh, who Jesus was or how did they grow in their faith? Uh, one question that we ask is, uh, why is a personal testimony so powerful? And you can't argue uh, with a guy who says, you know, I was blind in Jesus 
Jesus healed me. Um, so we're hoping that those kind of conversations are happening in our groups this week um, as as people look at this passage together. I love the fact that, uh, you know, this man's been blind his whole life. He's never seen anything but darkness. And uh, Jesus answers with, well, I'm the, the light of the world. The first light that this man ever sees is not only the light that's created by the sun, but it's actually the man who created the sun, right? The light of the world. And you see that physical to spiritual connection very early on in the conversation. And I I, just, I love that about this text. And I appreciate how Jesus came back to the man and kind of settled things up with him to, to follow through to say, uh, do you believe in the son of man? And I, for me, what I see in this is as people have an encounter with God or they are they I mean, put it this way, they see God at work uh, to be able to follow through with them and to point them specifically to how God how God works through Jesus Christ, that I don't just leave him in that vague kind of spiritual way the world often talks about. Yeah, God did this. I want him to see it's Jesus at work. I think the benefit and. I, I guess this is just out of some personal experience recently. Um, you know, Jesus asked him the guy specific question, do you believe? And, and the guy's response is, who is he that I can, can I, that I can. And Jesus said, well, it's me. And um, I, I think that we need to come become aware in the church that sometimes there's a disconnect for people um, to understand and to talk about, what it means to believe in Jesus. And so we we may want to have a conversation about that this week and talk about uh, how do we help people uh, who maybe are far from God or who are asking spiritual questions, how to make this connection and to come to understand what it means to trust, to believe, to have faith um, in Jesus and to experience a, a divine encounter with him. Well, I think that's uh, really the, the picture that we're intended to see here is that while we may not encounter people with a, a physical blindness every day, we are encountering people with spiritual blindness every day. And we have the opportunity to do exactly that, which is to point them to the true light of the world and the one who can bring healing. So he's Jesus is always available to bring healing to our spirit spiritual condition, right? He did so on the cross 2,000 years ago. He took care of that. There's complete healing uh, available in Christ. And so when we have those opportunities to have those conversations with people, it's pointing them to the one who uh, who can truly bring that in their life, no matter what their situation, no matter if it is a physical ailment or it is uh, something else going on, he will meet us wherever we are. Chad, thank you for writing this Bible study for us uh, out of this uh, incredible encounter this blind man had. Thank you for doing this. Hey, my my joy and privilege. And appreciate you being us uh, being with us on this podcast. Uh, Chris, good to be with you, too. And for all of you who are listening, we thank you for taking the time to uh, make this this podcast a part of your preparation for being with your Bible study group. And we hope that you have a great Bible study with your group this week. And we look forward to being with you next week. <music>